Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. And uh, I just feel like, I feel like God has something to say to us today. Um, something I've been really praying about, thinking through the year. So uh, we're going to go on a journey together today. Some of this might be written down and some of it might just be off the top of my head as I feel like God is speaking. And I, you know, again, uh, this is not necessarily normally how we, how we do things here at our church. We have a, f- a format and a process and a flow that we have for our services. But um, what point is there in meeting with a living God if we're not all going to allow him to maybe interject himself in unexpected ways at times? And so I feel like I'll take that stool too. Um, so if you're on the podcast today, probably won't make any difference to you because you're just hearing the message. But, um, you know, I was thinking about New Year's a lot this year. I have this thing that happens to me at the end of every year. Um, I feel like I go through this, uh, this emotional time at the end of every year where I feel uh, like I take stock of the year. I don't know if that's something common for many of you. Um, sometimes for me, though, it, uh, it turns... Um, it turns sad at times. Oh, by the way, in case you're new, my name is Jared. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here. So you're like, who is this guy? We have a couple new faces in here today. I um, just wanted to introduce myself to you. Anyway, at the end of every year, I find myself all the time just um, taking stock over the year and thinking about all the things that have happened, all the things that maybe I've accomplished um, as a father, as a husband, as, a, as just a normal human being, as a pastor, all sorts of different things. And a lot of times I get emotional, and that's just me, I think, because uh, I'm not really sure why. It's something I'm working through. Maybe you can identify with that. Maybe you can uh, feel like uh, whether it's a positive or a negative thing for you or emotional or not, I think oftentimes for us we get to the end of the year and we think about all the 2017 or whatever year it is has, has, uh, has been for us and think about what is this new year going to be like. And oftentimes what we do is we start to think of things like New Year's resolutions, right? We, we start thinking, okay, these are the things that I would like to have happen in this new year and then we come up with plans, and then, and then oftentimes they, they fail. Um, we hear phrases, things like, new year, new you, right? There's like all of these things. And the, the, the reason for that is because, because there is something about a new year that brings us hope. And even if the year was terrible, even if the year was awful, oftentimes we get to New Year's and there is a glimpse of hope, a glimmer of hope. But the problem is that oftentimes we don't even know how to get to the places we want to go to. We have dreams, we have desires, we have these thoughts of what we want for our lives and for our families and relationships and all of these types of things. But we oftentimes don't know how to get there. And so there's a couple things that I would say first is... Um, if this is you uh, at the end of the year, we have an image on the screen here. If this is you uh, at the end of 2017, I am believing that God wants to speak to you today and has hope for you. I believe that he, has, he wants to encourage you uh, this morning. But then there's something else that I thought of this week, and uh, it's the word insanity. And I thought of it, and it's not necessarily literally the definition, but people have said, what is the definition of insanity? you probably heard this before. It's doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And the reason that I say that today is because we want new things, right? 
Every one of us in this room probably wants good things, better things. We want 2018 to be better than 2017 and every year before it. There are a lot of things that we want to be better. We want to do better at things. We'd like to respond differently to circumstances and situations and all of these types of things. The problem is, is that we often end up in the same place at the end of the year because we're doing the same things over and over and over again. And that's insane. It's crazy. How could we ever expect to receive different new things in our lives or to, to, to accomplish new things if we are only focusing and defaulting to the same things over and over again. So what I would say to you today is this, is that we want new things, we want better things, but there is one who wants even more for us, God, the one that we're here to worship, the one that we're here to experience, to know, and to allow to impact our lives. I believe and I know that he wants good things for us. And I, want, I know that he wants better things for us. I, I believe that he looks at our lives, he looks at our 2017, and he adds up all of the moments of our existence, and he sees all the things that we are intimately involved with, the things that we're afraid of, the things that we, the things that we are frustrated by, the things that we look at our year or our life and the patterns and the habits that we have. I know that he looks at those things and he sees them and he says, I want better for you. I want more for you, not in a shameful way. I don't think God looks at us from a place of, of, of disappointment. I don't think God looks at us in a, from a place of frustration or anger because those are human emotions. Those are human inspired by sinful types of, 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 um, of aspects of our humanity that lead us to those places. God looks at us when we see failure and we see mistakes and we see fear and doubt and those things. He looks at us through the lens of love and compassion and mercy and grace. And he says, I see the areas that you fell short. I see the areas that you, that you desire better, that you want more for your life or for your, for your family or for your job or your, or your situation or even the planet, the things that, that hurt your heart about how, what you see in the world around you. He says, I want better things for you and for those things. So from that place, as I began to pray this week, over the last few weeks and every December, I feel like I do the same thing. And I ask God, what do you want to say to me for 2018? What do you want to say to our church for 2018, our people, the body of Christ? What do you want to say, God, to the individuals who sit in the pews every Sunday? What is it you want for them? And, and what I felt like, what I, want, what I heard the Lord say for this year, our focus for 2018 is step into the new. Step into the new. I believe that's the, that's the focus. That's the theme. That's the mantra for us this year. And I started praying, God, what does that mean, step into the new? I don't want it to just be a cliche for 2018. I don't, I don't want it to just be this, this, it's New Year's, and so because it's New Year's, we've got to talk about new things. And I felt like God was saying, Jared, I want new things long after January is over. I want new things for you, for our church, and for our people. I want them to know on December 31st, or whatever today's date is, that, that as we enter a brand new year, that there are new things waiting for you this year in your life. There are new dreams that he has for you. There are new mind, mindsets. There are new modes of thinking. There are new habits. There are new patterns for you. 
There might be a new job. There might be a new house. There might be a new location. There might be a new relationship. There might be not just new things, but I, the, also the word new also means restored and refreshed, that there are relationships that he wants to mend this year, that there are, that there are um, estranged relationships in families that he wants to heal, that there are work relationships he wants to fix, that there are identity issues or problems that he wants to, to remedy, that, that I just believe that he wants all of us to walk out of this room today knowing that 2018, that there are good things, that there are better things waiting for us, but that we have to, that there is, there is something we have to do, that there is something that in order for us to be able to, to achieve that, we can't do the same things over and over again. We can't continue to live in the same mindsets, the same thought processes, the same habits, and expect God to do new things. And so there's a passage of scripture that I felt like was really, uh, that really spoke to this very topic today. And, And what we see before we read it, all throughout scripture, we actually see this. And I think this is a mindset that we have to change right away. Oftentimes, we feel like Whatever I am, God is big enough to fix it, right? And that's true. And we, but we default into this place of thinking a lot of the times that God will just meet me where I am and then make everything better. And we tend to not think that there is a responsibility on our part. I mean, if you think about it, we go, of course, I have to do something. But oftentimes, we sit around waiting for our life to change. We sit around waiting for God to show up in some big, dramatic way. And then we act as if, you know, okay, now I've seen the sign. I'm going to now walk into that space. But what we actually see throughout Scripture is the opposite. Most often, what we see is God saying, I have something for you. And then people having to take steps in faith in belief that he spoke and what he said is true. And then it becomes fulfilled as they begin to walk into it. And I believe it's from that place that God wants to speak to us today. That there is new. That that God is calling each of us individuals and as a church and as an organization into new things this year. But that we have to take steps to step into the new. We can't just expect it to arrive. We have to step into the new. I believe that's what God is calling us to. So if you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 9? Matthew chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 16 and 17. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. It's the gospel of Matthew. It was written by Matthew, who was a tax collector uh, and one of Jesus' earliest followers. And this is his account of what the life was like with Jesus. And so we're going to read, beginning in the ninth chapter, verse 16 and 17. This is Jesus himself talking here. And he's talking about new things and what it means to step into the new. And this is what he says. It will also be on the screen for you. But let's read together. It says, No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. You understand the the imagery here is that if you have an old pair of jeans and you've got a hole in it, that you're not going to put the new patch on an old pair of jeans because the new patch, uh, when you wash it, it will shrink and then rip off. That's the idea. If it was an unshrunk cloth, so new on the old doesn't work, right? That's what he's saying. But then in verse 17, he says it even more clearly. And no one puts new wine into old 
wineskins. What's a wineskin? Maybe you guys have ever seen movies like in the medieval era or in those types of times when um, they didn't have metal. They didn't have canteens, you know, those kind of things. So in order for them to carry their liquids around wine and water and all those types of things, they actually took skins from animals and closed it and sealed it off and sewed it together. And those skins is what they made a canteen out of, right? So a wine skin is, is just that. It's a canteen for wine, okay? And so Jesus is saying no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. Well, why not? Otherwise, the skins burst because of the acidity of wine and because over time the, the, the fibers in the leather or whatever the hide is breaks down and the new wine is so potent and strong acid-wise that it will break and burst out and the oxygen and all the things in it will spill out from the old wineskin. It's just old. So the, they knew, they understood, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin because it would burst, the wine would spin out, spill out, and now the skins and the wine are both ruined. He says, no. They put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. What is Jesus saying to them and what is he saying to us today in this space of the things that we want I want you for a moment to think about it. What is it that you want new in your life this year? There are a lot of dreams that we have. There are a lot of hopes that we have, a lot of things that we really want in our lives. Maybe you feel like God has been calling you to to something, to something new. Maybe God has been calling you to something, or you feel as though he has been leading you in a direction, but you're not sure if that's where you should go. You didn't know how to get there. Maybe you want better things for yourself, and I'm not just talking materialistically. Maybe you recognize that there are patterns or habits or choices that you make in your life over and over again that lead you to places that you don't want to go, that, that you, you consistently make the wrong decision in an area of your life. Maybe it's financially. Maybe you want to manage your money better, but you, but you don't know how, or you, no matter how hard you try, your willpower isn't strong enough, or whatever it is, and you end up more in debt, you, you keep making bad decisions. I, I don't know what it is for you, but whatever you want that's new this year, new things, that you're saying, God, I want better for me, not just because I want to have cool things, but because I believe you want these things for me. I, I believe every person in the room has something like that, something at our core, into the deepest parts of us, that when we're laying down in bed at night and our head's on the pillow and maybe you can't sleep and you're sitting there in that moment and the things that pop into your head, it's those things, those things that are, that are deep within us. That, and we're not just talking like, oh, I'd like a new TV or I want a new cell phone. No, we're talking about the things that, 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 that you cry over the things that make you sad or that are difficult for you, the things you don't understand. Why is this happening to me? I want more. I want something different. And I'm not not trying to give you the impression that we always get everything that we want because that's not how it works. I mean, as a parent, you might understand this. You love your children. You love your kids. And they beg and they cry, Dad, I want this thing. I want it. Please, why can't I have it? And sometimes it's just not right. Sometimes it's just not the right thing and it's not the right moment or For whatever reason, it's just not what they need. But the Bible teaches that our Father is a good Father. It says, says, if you, this is Jesus talking again. He says, if you who are evil, it's funny, he calls us evil, right? Because the Bible makes it clear that like in the light of God, no one is good. Okay, that's the idea. If you who are evil compared to our Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to your own kids, 
how much more will your heavenly Father give you good gifts to those who ask? So the Bible is teaching that God wants good things for us. But just because we want good things does not mean that the thing that we want desperately means that it's right for us or is healthy for us in the moment or ever, perhaps. I don't know. But the point is, is that whatever it is that you're saying, 2018, these are my deepest desires. I trust that God hears you. Trust that he knows, he sees, he sees you crying over that thing, he sees your unease about whatever it is in that space, in that moment, he is keenly and intimately aware of it, and he is willing to stand with you through it. But in order for us to become the people he wants us to be, in order for us to move beyond and to become the different people who think differently, who act differently, who receive differently, who give differently, the people who are ready for whatever it is that God wants for us, this is what I believe the scripture is teaching, and this is the big idea today, is that new things, ready, new things require ready containers. New things require ready containers. I've seen this lesson in my life over and over again. The things that I want, I don't seem to ever get them until I'm ready to receive them. How many times have I gone through the same problem? And I'm like, why do I always have this problem with money? That's an example in my life. Why is it that I'm constantly faced with these financial challenges, these financial problems? Why do I keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again? Why can't I beat this thing, right? And whatever it is for you, insert your situation. Here's what I've learned. Until I am ready to move past that thing, it will continually come up until I can master it. That is what I have seen. And then what happens is, is that when I have mastered that thing, suddenly it doesn't come about as often. It's amazing. But equally as true is this concept of when God wants to give us a good gift, what kind of a good father gives a gift to a child who knows that he will misuse that gift? What kind of a good father who is wise who is loving and who has our best interests in mind would give us something that we would destroy or that we would mishandle or misuse and that it would not receive or could potentially damage the other party involved. Does that make sense? And so this is what Jesus is saying in this passage is he's saying there are new things. He's talking about the Holy Spirit particularly. And so literally what he was talking about in that moment was that when he would die, the Holy Spirit would come and those who believe in Jesus will be regenerated. And until that moment comes, we can't receive the Holy Spirit because it wouldn't be of use to us because of our regenerated states. That's the idea. But what we're talking about here is this idea, it still translates here, is that the things that God wants for us, the good things, the better things, the new elements that he wants to give us, we have to create the ready space for him to put that into our lives. We cannot cloud our life or crowd our, our space of our heart with things that are distracting us from him, the things that are causing us to be pulled away from him, from sinful spaces, from things that are unhealthy for us, and expect him to put into us the beautiful things that are just going to get soiled and dirty. Does that, does that make sense? Is this translating? Big idea, new things require ready containers. And so this year, I think we have to become people who are ready. I, I do. I believe we have to become people who are ready. And as I was praying and asking the Lord for, for what does that mean? Okay, we, we want to be ready. We want to step into the new. We want, to, we want to see the things you have for us. 
We want to go to the places you want us to go to. We want to hear from you and, and act accordingly. We want to be used by you in our world. We want the good things, the blessings that you might have for us. You know, We want the healed relationships and all these types of things. How do we step into the new and now knowing from Scripture that God wants to give us things, but we have to create a, a space of readiness for it? How do we do that? And I felt like these three things came to my mind. And we're just going to call it a readiness pattern. A readiness pattern. And this is something we're going to focus on all year, this readiness pattern. And here are the three. The first is this. We have to learn to hear the voice of God. We have to learn to hear him speak. This is something that's challenging for all of us. How do I know when God is talking to me? How do I know when, when I've heard something from God? And that's something that we have to work on. And this year, that's one of our themes as a church is we're going to be focusing on how to hear the voice of God. How do we know when he's speaking to us and, and hear him clearly enough so that, so that it, his voice is distinguished from all of the other voices in the world? This can be a challenge, but Jesus talks about, he says, my sheep know my voice, right? And so the closer we get to him, the more we learn it. It's just like learning a language or listening to a harmony and a song or, or you can hear an instrument when you learn an instrument. It's amazing to me when I learned to play guitar, all I could hear was the guitar parts in the song. Or when I played the drums, as I learned to play drums, I was hearing the beats. I was hearing the, hearing the back notes. This is the similar concept. As we learn to hear the voice of God, we will begin to see him speaking to us everywhere. And that's what we want to do this year. In order for us to be ready for what God wants to do or add or put into our lives to give us new and restored and refreshed things, first we have to hear what he would say to us. The second part of the readiness pattern is now activating faith. So it's not enough for us to hear. And this is where that step into comes into motion, right? It's this idea of making the decision. There is a moment it takes place between the sitting in the chair moment where I hear God speak, right? If the phone rings across the room, first I have to hear the phone. That's the, that's the hearing part. That's the moment of hearing God's voice as the phone is ringing and being perceptive to that. But then I have to acknowledge it. I have to choose to get up and go. That's the activating faith. The faith that if I hear what he says, that it is true, or that if I pick up the phone, that he will speak, that there is something over there, that the phone is actually on the wall, that if I go there, that something will happen. That's activating faith. It is a choice to believe that something is possible even though I can't see it. So part of being ready means, it means choosing faith even when in the moment I can't see this thing that is promised to me. I hear the phone ringing. I hear God speaking to me, but I have to choose. I have to decide. And then comes disciplined obedience. That's number three. Now I start walking still in faith that when I pick up the phone, someone will be on the other side. Does that make sense to you? Hearing God's voice is just the first step. We can hear God say, I have this for you. I have a restored relationship for you. I have a new job for you. I have whatever it might be that, you, that you're holding on to, that you've heard from the Lord. But it's not enough for us to just sit there. We have to move and make ourselves ready for it. And we do that by choosing to believe, to choose faith over doubt, choose faith over fear, but then begin walking in disciplined obedience, which means that we have to say, I'm going to choose that every time God speaks, I'm going to act on it even though I can't see it, trusting that there will be a step in front of me, even though it looks like I might fall off a cliff. That's what we see in Scripture. The pattern in Scripture follows this. Hearing, choosing faith, 
and acting in obedience. That's what Abraham's story was like. And that's why in Hebrews it says that it was credited to him as righteousness because he believed. He believed and he acted. And in James, it says the same thing. In the book of James, it says faith without deeds is dead. So you see throughout Scripture, it's not just enough for us to hear God. We have to choose faith, and then we have to actually step out and walk in it before we see the promise fulfilled. This is really hard. But God promises us all throughout Scripture that the things that are waiting for us are better, are greater, they're good. This week I was reading in scripture and the, the passage, very familiar passage, where Jesus says, knock and it will be opened. Uh, you know, I, I forget there's three of them. It's knock and it will be opened. Ask or seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened and ask and you will, it will be given to you. I think it's out of order. But the interesting thing about that is, the verbs there are actually keep on, like so continually, right? Like continually knock, continually ask, continually seek. And it really just struck me. In this, in this context, think of what it's saying there. If God is a good God, which he says he is, if he wants to give good gifts, which it says he does, we have to step out in faith, keep knocking, hold on to the promises, continually ask, can you imagine what that would be like if you went to your friend's house and you just kept knocking on the door? First of all, my hand hurts already. Like, you just keep doing this over and over again. Like, just the act in the moment, it's embarrassing. People are going to walk by and they're going to see me. What's this dude doing knocking on the door constantly? Can't you tell no one's home? My hand hurts. I don't want to do that anymore, so maybe I switch hands. My other hand hurts now. Like, you just keep going on and on. You begin to doubt. Is there anybody here? He told me he was home. Hello? And the problem is, is that we give up. That we stop for so many reasons. We stop asking. We stop seeking. We stop knocking because of embarrassment or fear or doubt or pain or frustration or anger, and we forget his promise that he is there, that he has given us answers, that he will reach us, that he will come to us, that he will fulfill what he has promised and this is the space that is the hardest for us, and it is hardest for me and for you, is in the moment of, but how do I know if God said from the beginning that that's what it is? Maybe I heard wrong. Maybe, maybe I just made up this thing that I thought God said to me, and I don't have the perfect answer for you because I struggle with this myself. How do I know that God said something specific how do I know? How do you know? And we don't, but we have to hold on in faith that God knows what we care about, that he, that he would not allow us to live in a lie perpetually. Now, that doesn't mean we can't delude ourselves. That doesn't mean that we can't, that we can't, um, that we can't get ourselves on the wrong track and that maybe some of what he says is, is what we heard is true and in other parts we misread. And, and God is a good God and is faithful to walk through us. And even when we take left turns when we should have gone right or should have gone straight, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't, he doesn't hate us for it. He's not angry about it. 
He, he wants to guide us back, and sometimes we make mistakes, and sometimes we hear the wrong things, and sometimes, sometimes we, 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 we get it wrong, and, and the problem is we give up, and we say, I, I, I'm just going to stop. And that's not what he told us to do. He said, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. And so I guess the message that I'm trying to get to you today is, if you feel like right now there's something that you want for your life, I can't tell you whether or not it's the voice of God saying to you that this is literally what I want for you. But if you feel as you have prayed and you searched and you sought that this is something that's deep in your heart, then I say hold on to that and you keep asking and you keep knocking until he opens the door and he says, this is not what I want. Or he tells you, this is what I meant instead. I don't think God punishes us. I don't think he looks at us and says, you knocked for seven years for this thing and it was the wrong thing. Well, I'm done speaking to you. That's not who he is. No, God is a God of love and he says, you were knocking for the thing. You did what I told you to do, but you, were, you saw it differently. You didn't understand it quite the same way as I did, but let me show you now what I meant. Let me change it and show your perspective is different. And that is what is so beautiful about our God. It's that even when we screw up, even when we get it completely wrong, when it's backwards, even when we, when we totally mess everything up, he looks at us with open arms. That's the beautiful story of the prodigal son. His son runs down the road, and what does he do? His father runs to him, hugs him, puts his ring on his finger, covers him with his coat, and throws him a party. That is not the picture of a God who looks at his children and says, you got it wrong, go to your room and sit in there for a while. No. So I hope that you leave today encouraged, encouraged that God loves you, that your failures and your mistakes and your, your, your falling short in 2017 and even the failures and mistakes and falling short in 2018 that are sure to come, he does not see you through the lens of those things but instead he sees you with hope and with potential and with, with great things ahead for you, new things, wonderful things, if we would get ourselves ready, if we would begin to learn to hear the voice of God. And I recognize you're like, great, tell me how to do that. And we will talk about that throughout this year. If we will activate our faith and walk in disciplined obedience. So to close, what can we start doing today to help us experience the new, to step into the new. The first, with our three E's that we kind of live by here, experience, explore, express, a way that we can experience stepping into the new is begin praying, prayer. Prayer is about hearing, and it is about communicating with God. If you don't know how to hear God's voice, you probably should start praying a little bit. Praying is not just a list of demands. It's not a script. Prayer is Prayer is a, is a dialogue, and it needs learned. It, it, it takes practice, and we'll talk about that in the month of January, but we can begin experiencing and hearing the word of God, hearing God speak to us through prayer. We can explore it by practicing spiritual disciplines. Did you know that there is more than just prayer and worship and Bible reading? There are 
a lot of spiritual disciplines that as we practice them, we begin to see God in different angles. We get to experience him in different ways that impact us in various spaces with our mind or our body or our heart or our spirit. And we engage in places like solitude or silence, when we worship, when we serve, when we give, when we uh, fast, when we pray, when we read scripture. We'll talk about these all throughout January. But you can begin to activate faith. You can begin to hear the voice of God, and, and it will become clearer as if you're tuning a radio station, the right frequency to find the clarity of what God's word and what he is saying to you by experiencing him through spiritual disciplines. And we can begin living out. We can begin walking in disciplined obedience through outreach by, by becoming and stepping into what God is calling us to. One of the best ways to see God at work is to partner with him in his work partner with him in his work, acting, stepping, and stretching. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? I know that today has been a little bit different. I hope, I believe in faith that this is been challenging and encouraging at the same time. I believe so strongly that God has something unique, special, and good, and new for each of us this year. I don't pretend to know what they are. That's between you and God. But I know that whatever God has for us, that it will be so much better than anything we could ever manufacture on our own that we could acquire or purchase or even receive through a relationship with another person. And so today, Father, we close 2017 and all that it has brought for us, good and bad, easy and hard. We lay them down. We lay all of it down at your feet and we say, we give you praise because you deserve it. Your promise is true. You are faithful. And as we look ahead to 2018, we ask that you would help us to keep our eyes on you. Teach us to hear your voice, to hear you speaking, speaking about the things in our lives that we want to hear about, we want to hear your plans for our finances. We want to hear your plans for our relationships. But also, let's open our hearts. Help us to open our hearts to hear you speaking about the things that we're not interested in, the things about our behaviors, the things about our mindsets, our worldview, our habits, our insecurities, our fears, and our doubts. I believe you want to speak into those, and you want to make those areas new as well. We give you 2018, it's yours. Let us hear your voice. Teach us to activate faith and walk in disciplined obedience. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, 
you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.